Bibles and turn with me to the book of Genesis chapter 1. I hope you can find that. Amen. Uh, Genesis chapter number 1 and Romans chapter number 1. Genesis chapter 1, Romans chapter number 1. Amen. And uh, trust the Lord to be a blessing to our hearts this morning. We'll read in verse 1 and a few, a good many verses down. The Bible says in Genesis 1 and verse 1, In the beginning God created the heaven and the earth. And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And God said, Let there be light, and there was light. And God saw the light, that it was good. And God divided the light from the darkness. And God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And the evening and the morning were the first day. And God said, Let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters, and let it divide the waters from the waters. And God made the firmament and and divided the waters which were under the firmament from the waters which were above the firmament, and it was so. And God called the firmament heaven, and the evening and the morning were the second day. And God said, Let the waters under the heaven be gathered together unto one place, and let the dry land appear, and it was so. And God called the dry land earth, and gathered together the waters, called he the seas, and God saw that it was good. And God said, Let the earth bring forth grass, and the herb yielding seed, and the fruit tree yielding fruit after his kind, whose seed is in itself upon the earth, and it was so. And the earth brought forth grass and herb yielding seed after his kind, and the tree yielded fruit whose seed was in itself after his kind, and God saw that it was good. And the evening and the morning were the third day. And we'll stop right there just simply to look and say, see that uh, in the beginning, who? God, Amen. Today, man has it wrong because man thinks he's in control, uh, but God is in control, amen? And the Bible tells us in verse 3, God said, let there be light, and there was light. God saw the light and uh, uh, saw that it was good, and then he divided the light from the darkness, and God called the light day, the darkness he called night. God did as he desired freely, amen? God was not under the control of man when he made the heavens and the earth. God was free at liberty to do as so he chooses. Now with that in mind, look if you would in Romans chapter number 1. I want you to see in beginning in verse number 16. The Bible says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. It is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. Because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has shown it unto them, For the invisible things of Him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even His eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. 
because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools, and uh, changed the glory of the incorruptible God unto an image made unto corruptible man, and uh, and to birds, and four-footed beasts, and creeping things. Amen? Again, I want you to see that, listen, God didn't change at all who he is because of the mindset of man. Man, in the imagination of his heart, was evil and tried to control who God was. You ever know people who try to put God in a box? You can't put God in a box, amen? God is who he is. God will do what he chooses and whether man or uh, man uh, has his opinions or not, according to what I read in the book of Romans chapter number 1, it doesn't matter what man's opinion is. What matters is God's opinion. Amen. This uh, world would do better and our society would be better if we took God at his word and we stopped trying to make God what we want him to be if we allow him to be who he is. Amen. Uh, Listen, I don't have no control over society and how society views God, but I want you to to know this, that I do have control over how I view God. I do have control over how I let Him affect me. Amen. And I want you to know that it'd be best for us to recognize God for who He is. This morning, the message entitled, God Who Is Over Us. God made us. In the beginning, God. Amen. We're not over God. We don't control God. God controls us. Amen. And I'm going to preach that for just a little while in the message before us. Amen. Uh, The God who is over us. Amen. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, as we assemble ourselves together, as the manner of some is, Lord, we're careful to understand, Lord, that every surface... Uh, or every service of the church is orchestrated of you. And Father, we're not in this service and under this message by accident. God, we know that, <clears throat> Lord, you have a divine purpose for sending this message to us. And Father, I pray that you would help us to understand and, and recognize the will of God for us, Lord, as we hear the message today. Father, would we be obedient hearers to you and respond to you and allow you to affect us and govern us and guide us, Lord. And Father, we'll be careful to thank you for what's done in the service today. Lord, we say to you this morning, we love you and we're so thankful, Lord. We, like the psalmist, are glad when he said, let us go into the house of the Lord. Father, we're excited for what we can learn of the Word of God. So teach us today, we pray, by the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And God will be careful to thank you for what's accomplished. We pray in Jesus' name and for his sake we pray. Amen and amen. Uh, <clears throat> a few years ago, there was a meeting being planned, a revival service. And in that revival service, there was several preachers and uh, uh, leaders of the church. And uh, one of them said, uh, you know, let's have, and they suggested having a certain preacher come. And uh, he said, uh, that sounds uh, good, and the services are going to be exciting. I wish I could go to all of them, but be honest with you, I'll probably only get to go to two, amen? And uh, they said, well, 
what would hinder you from being at the revival service? And he said, well, we're having a new baby at our house and uh, I might be busy. And uh, the other fellows joked in a, a case with him, said, you know, you've been married 10 years and this is your first child, you know. And uh, he said, yeah, I, you know, I have to watch out. I may have a child and, and I may have to say I've got a stupid one in the process. And they took off laughing, amen, just over that. Uh, this preacher, uh, this preacher uh, held the service, the revival service. Two years later, this man and his wife, they adopted uh, t- uh, these years prior, but uh, uh, now they had a baby on their own, amen. And in having that baby, this, uh, uh, the, do- the uh, evangelist come back two years later, and he says, well, how's your baby, how's the uh, new baby doing? And he realized that as he asked that question, that man's uh, face dropped. And he said, uh, my, my child is in, uh, invalid. Uh, said uh, said uh, it was born uh, with a birth defect and, and it's uh, uh, tr- uh, physically hindered suffering greatly. Amen. And he could see, the evangelist could see that this man was troubled. Amen. And he said to him this, he said, well, listen, I want to take you through to something that you need to read. Amen. You remember in Exodus chapter 3, how that God said, uh, spoke to Moses. And when Moses was complaining that he could not speak. And now you see that your child has a physical ailment. He said, when Moses said, I could not speak and uh, I'm slow to speech and slow to tongue. He understood that this had the idea of a hardening effect uh, of the body, a slowdown, amen. Moses evidently had some impediment of speech, and we don't know exactly what that was. But he said this, he said, what did God say in addition to that? He asked Moses, when Moses brought that excuse up, he said, who has made thy mouth? And then he looks and he says, who maketh man dumb? or deaf, or seeing, or blind. And the evangelist added, a mongoloid child. Have not I the Lord? In a moment, that man's countenance changed. And he began to understand that his child was made by God in the belly of the womb. Amen. And he understood then that God had made his son even in the condition that he was in. And we don't understand always why we, uh, we struggle with physical affirmity and things are allowed. But we understand this, for it to happen, God allowed it to happen, amen. Uh, listen, that uh, no person in this world would ever be born blind unless God allowed it to happen, amen. No uh, person would be uh, uh, born deaf uh, unless God allowed it to be, amen. I want you to know all of this was designed and allowed of God, amen. And you and I, we need to understand that the way life is, is the way uh, God uh, may not be completely as God designed it, but as way that God allowed it, amen. Why? Because God is a sovereign God. And someone said, well, why would God do that? Simply because He can. I look back in, the, uh, back in Genesis chapter number 1 and, and God spake, amen. Uh, the Bible says he, he said, let there be light. Why did God make light? 
because he can. In, in verse number uh, 6, he says, And God said, Let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters, and let it divide the waters from the waters, the earthly waters and the air and the sky. Why did God do that? Because he can. Amen. In verse number 9, it says, Let the waters under the heaven be gathered together in one place, and let the dry land appear. And it was so. Why did God do that? Because he can. Amen. Everything and we find in creation, we could go down to every little aspect of creation and say, why did God do that? And the simple answer is, because he can. Amen. And then we go into the book of Romans and we read in Romans, he said, the apostle Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For in this gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed. Amen. Now, why do we have the gospel? Because God said it so. Amen. God had a master plan in place. Amen. God knew what would happen to his creation, that his creation would fall. Amen. It wasn't a mistake and accidentally happened. And God said, oops, I made a mistake. Amen. Never in the Bible do I ever read where God ever made a mistake. Amen. Nothing of man's sin or nothing of man's failure proves that God's deficient in any way. Did you get that? Amen. Man out here tries to question God, tries to, uh, tries to limit God, tries to explain God in their own way. Uh, listen, God's ways are beyond man's ways, and man's ways are beyond God's. They're different. Amen. Who can explain God for who He is? In all his splendor, amen. But the truth is, is that sometimes we try to think we know more than God. Well, I don't take a lifetime in trying to figure out God and you'll never figure him out. Huh? That's because God is over us. We're not over God, amen. Uh, some of these people out here in high places, the rulers of our land do good for them just simply to acknowledge God, Amen. Just simply to understand who God is. Take your Bible, if you will. I'm going to look at a couple things in regards to God being over us. Amen. If you'll take your Bible to the book of Jeremiah chapter number uh, 14 for just a moment. Um, Jeremiah chapter number 10. Amen. Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Jeremiah. Amen. Just thought I'd help you out. I'm a little bit off, but you'll pray for me. Amen. Uh, Jeremiah and chapter number 10 for just a moment. If you will, look down at verse number 12. Jeremiah 10 and verse 12. The Bible of uh, Jeremiah 10 verse 12. The Bible says, He hath made the earth by His what? Power. That's because God can. Amen. The power of God enables God. Notice the Bible says He's made the earth by His power. Everything we read about in Genesis chapter 1, we understand God was able to do it, and God chose to do it, and He did. Amen? Why did God not try to create the earth any different way? It's because God chose to do it that way. Amen? Because He can. Amen? The Bible says He hath established the world. How? By His what? Wisdom, amen, and has stretched out the heavens by his discretion. You know, in all of that, what we read, God didn't consult man, 
God didn't come to you or to me and say, listen, this is the way I want to do it. This is what I have in mind and what do you think, amen? God didn't need our opinion, amen? God didn't need to know what we think about it for Him to do it, amen? God just simply did it, amen? And the Bible says that He did it uh, of His own choosing, amen? Uh, the, notice what it says in verse number uh, 13. When he uttered his voice, there is a multitude of waters in the earth, uh, heavens and caused the vapors to ascend from the ends of the earth. He maketh lightnings with rain and bringeth forth the winds out of his treasure. You didn't know that that storm that you had uh, several weeks ago was purposely designed by God way back when. Why'd God allow that day to be full of storms? Amen. I mean, how dare God? That's our start of our revival. Why can God do it? Because He can. He didn't consult us and say, Oops, I, I, I forgot you were having a revival service. Amen. That was not God. Uh, uh, God's not limited to us. We're limited to God. Amen. For a reason. Notice what it says in verse 14. Every man is brutish in his knowledge. Every founder is confounded by the graven image. For his molten image is falsehood. And there is no breath in them. They are vanity and the work of heirs in the time of the visitation. They shall perish. Amen. Anyone who tries to bow up and think they know more than God. Amen. Uh, it's interesting these forecasters that come out here and they tell you what the weather's going to be like. And then we are vulnerable to say, well the weatherman said. But did you pray and did you sense that God said Amen to the weatherman. You know, it's not that the that God has to say amen to the weatherman and say, oops, God, you didn't you hear the forecast today? We weren't supposed to have rain, and God, it became rain. Or if a storm comes by and you know, hey, hey, God, the uh, the forecaster said a storm was to come by, and we didn't get a storm. We wouldn't feel cheated at all, would we? Unless we definitely needed rain. I remember uh, in Shelby, North Carolina, I remember all the churches, you know, we went through 30 plus days, I think 35 days of 100 plus degree weather. I know that because I was in a, I was operating big machinery and I was in that big machinery, no air conditioning at all, over 100 degree weather, 35 days. And the churches put on their signs, pray for rain, pray for rain, pray for rain. You remember that? Everybody wanted to pray for rain. The 35th day came and the heavens let loose. And I mean it rained and it rained and it rained. And we went through about the third day of heavy rains. And all of a sudden on the billboards that said pray for rain. It says stop praying for rain. Stop praying for rain. We've got enough rain. Amen. Listen man can't be satisfied no matter what he gets. Amen. And God don't listen to no forecaster. God, The forecaster needs to listen to God. Amen. I want to say, number one, God is over us in regards to the weather. Huh? Uh, we can't choose the weather. And we don't dictate God and what the weather's going to be like. We make plans just like uh, anybody else does. And, and we have desires and what we desire to do. But I want you to know that God controls the weather. Hey, over and over in the scriptures, God controlled the weather. You remember uh, uh, the story of Elijah, amen? 
I prayed for rain, amen. And, and uh, listen, uh, it didn't rain right away. He sent that servant back a second time and he said, go check the weather. He said, Elijah, it's not raining. He said, it's okay, it will. And so, they, so he continued to pray and he said, go out there. Come back and he said, Elijah, it's pouring down rain. You see, hey, God controls the weather, amen. And sometimes when we start praying and God is working, amen, uh, God may not work on our time, but God is working, amen. I want to say that God is over uh, the nature and the weather, amen. But then I want you to see something else. If you'll look with me in Daniel chapter number 1. Daniel chapter number 1. Ezekiel Daniel, amen. I want you to see a couple things actually. What we've gotten here concerning God being over us. Thank God that He's in control. Man don't control God. Man don't control the weather. Amen. God does. In Daniel chapter 1 and verse 2. The Bible says, And the Lord gave Jehoiakim king of Judah unto his hand with part of the vessels of the house of God, which he carried into the land of Shinar to the house of his God. He had these vessels, these uh, different uh, things. But now notice, if you will, in Jeremiah chapter number 25. Amen. Jeremiah in chapter number 25. Here, this king, he took these vessels from God's place. Amen. And, uh, and he, he took them and brought those treasures to his God away from the God of heaven. And in Jeremiah chapter number 25, look down if you will. I'm sorry, Jeremiah. I'm in Daniel, amen. I won't find it there, will I? Jeremiah 25, look down if you will at verse number, well, we'll start at verse number 1. Notice what it says. The word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord Thus speaketh the Lord God of Israel, saying, Write thee all the words that I have spoken unto thee. I, I'm sorry, I'm in verse 30. I gotta go back. I'm in chapter 30. I gotta go back to chapter 25. Amen. The word that came to Jeremiah concerning all the people of Judah. How many people? All of them. Amen. In uh, the fourth year of Jehoiakim, the son of Je Josiah, king of Judah, who was at first at Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, which ties together what we just read, the which Jeremiah the prophet spake to all the people of Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem, saying, From the thirteenth year of Josiah the son, here Josiah came, and the Lord sent, verse 4, the Lord sent unto you all his servants and prophets, rising early, sending them, but ye have not hearkened, nor inclined your ear. They said, Turn ye again now every one from his evil way and from the evil of your doings and dwell in the land that the Lord has given you. In other words, God was directing them on where they should go. The king was resisting. Amen. Had them in a different way. Notice in verse number 7, Yet have they not hearkened unto me, saith the Lord, that ye might provoke me to anger with the works of your hands and to your own hurt. In other words, what God was saying was, you're the king, you're the one to steer him to, towards me, and you're steering him against me, amen. You're doing this to your own hurt, amen. And in verse number 9, he says, Behold, I will send and take all the families of the north, saith the Lord, 
and Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, my servant, and will bring them against this land and against the inhabitants and will utterly destroy them and make them an astonishment and a hissing and perpetual uh, desolations. Amen. Here the uh, king went and took out of the house of God, took the treasuries and the cups and all the vessels and then he steered the people away from God and God intervened amen and said you do this to your own hurt and I will utterly destroy you and make you an astonishment I want you to see that the Lord gave amen but now the Lord was going to take away ultimately it was neither the sin or weakness of Jehoiakim nor the brilliance and strength of Nebuchadnezzar or the impotence of an inactivity of God who is sovereign. But I want you to know that God took charge of the whole situation. Go back, if you will, to Daniel. And I want you to see in Daniel chapter number 2, I want you to see the God who cannot be persuaded. Amen? God's in charge, not man. Daniel chapter number 2, look down, if you will, at verse number 20. And the Bible says to us in verse 20, it says, Daniel answered and said, Blessed be the name of God forever and ever, for wisdom and might are not to the kings, are his. Amen. And he changes, he changes the times and the seasons. Watch this. He removeth kings and setteth up kings. He gives wisdom unto the wise and knowledge to them who know understanding. He revealeth the deep and secret things. Why does God do this? Because He can. Why does God do this? Why doesn't He consult man to do this? Because He doesn't need to. God is over, listen, God's over the weather and God's over the kings, amen. The Bible says in the book of Proverbs, the heart of the king is in the hand of the Lord and he turneth it whithersoever he will. Why should you and I pray for leaders and those who are rulers above us? God uh, charges us in the book of Timothy to pray for them, amen. Why? Because he's the one ultimately in charge. You see Obama stands up there and he may say what he wants to, but truthfully speaking, if I know my Bible, what I read in it, God controls his heart. You remember the nation of Israel when they were in Egypt? And you remember the taskmasters that were placed above them? You remember Pharaoh? Moses was called upon by God to enter into the presence of Pharaoh. And God said, I want you to uh, uh, tell Pharaoh to let my people go. And it wasn't as easy as just walking in there and saying, Pharaoh, listen, the God of heaven has told you, told me to tell you that you need to let my people go. You understand it didn't happen that way, right? You understand that when, uh, when Moses walked in there, he had to go in there with the rod of God. And, and even in proving miracle after miracle, the Bible says that God, listen to me, God hardened the heart of Pharaoh. And people read that and say, what was God doing? I mean, listen, instead of God delivering His people right then and there, God hardened the heart of Pharaoh. Moses had to go uh, ten times into the presence of the king. And it wasn't until then that even then Pharaoh let the people go. But then... 
After a few days, he began to regret that decision. And he took the whole army and chased after the Israelites. Why did he do that? Because God hardened the heart of Pharaoh. Amen. And you understand God was doing something. And God was working, uh, working through the, uh, the king to get a hold of the people. Amen. Why? Because when God delivered the people of Israel, they had a great deliverance. God wanted them to remember what he did for them. God wants you and I to remember what he's done for us. Why does uh, God uh, allow godlessness in our, amongst our leaders? It's because when God does work on their hearts, we understand it and we worship God and thank God for it. Huh? God's in charge, amen? God's over kings and authority. And then if you look with me in Genesis chapter 20, I want you to see some things, uh, um, uh, several verses here, but let's go to Genesis chapter number 20. Look down, if you would, at verse number 6. Genesis 20 and verse number 6. You and I aren't over God. God's over us. Genesis 20 and verse number 6. Notice what it says. And God said unto him in a dream, Yea, I know that thou didst this in the integrity of thy heart, for I also withhold thee from sinning against me, therefore suffered I thee not to touch her. You remember Abraham's lapse of faith and he gave Sarah his, uh, Sarah his wife over to Abimelech the king. And the king had no idea that this was Abraham's wife. He thought that it was Abraham's sister because that's what Abraham said. And God prevented that king from committing adultery with that woman. Amen. I want you to know, notice what it said there. I know that thou didst this in the integrity of thy heart that thou took this woman, but I withheld thee from sinning against thee. And then he says, now that you know it, do the right thing. Do you know, sometimes God brings out things in our lives and he says, I know you, I know your, the weakness of your flesh. I know you, I know the frailty of your flesh, but I've withheld you from doing the excessiveness of the evil. He says, but now that you know, make it right. Isn't that what God does in the preaching of the word of God? In the revival services, when we hear the pre, even in the just general services, when we hear the Bible being preached, when we open our Bible in devotions, God speaks to our heart and, say, and points things out in our lives and says, you know you've been doing these things, but I kept you from going to the excessiveness of the evil he says, now that I've pointed it out, would you make it right? Go, if you will, to Proverbs chapter number 21 for just a moment. Proverbs chapter number 21. Look with, you, look with me, if you will, at verse number 1. Proverbs 21 and verse number 1. Notice what the Bible says here. The king's heart is in the hand of the Lord as the rivers of water. He turneth it whithersoever he will. Then he follows that and says, every way of man is right in his own eyes, but the Lord ponders the heart. You know why God wants our heart? Because that's how he works in our life. He works on our heart. Listen, the ways, uh, the ways are dictated by the heart. Man becomes prideful because he has wrong in his heart. Man begins to make wrong decisions because 
he has some wrong things going on in his heart. Amen. God wants your heart more than he wants anything. Proverbs chapter number four says, for out of it cometh the issues of life. God wants your heart. Amen. Look at Proverbs 16. If you'll turn back there. Amen. Proverbs chapter number 16. Look, if you will, down at verse number nine for just a moment. Proverbs 16 and verse number nine. The Bible says a man's heart devises his way. Do you understand why God wants your heart? Then it says, but the Lord directs his steps. When your heart's wrong, God will reveal to you how to get it right. You say, preacher, my heart's cold. My heart's become indifferent. My heart's become calloused and complacent. God will direct you back to Him, amen? Get back on where you got off. That's what God says, amen? God's in control of the heart. Exodus, look at Exodus chapter number 3. I'm not done, amen? Exodus chapter number 3. I want you to see some things, amen? Exodus chapter number 3. If you'll look down at verse 21. Exodus 3, down at verse 21. And the Bible says here to us this, And the Lord said unto Moses, When thou goest to return into Egypt, see that thou do all these wonders before Pharaoh, which I have put in thine heart, but I will harden his heart, that he shall not let the people go. You see, sometimes God does to somebody the opposite effect of what we expect him to do. We, we, why, would, why would God do this and we try to figure it out? We keep on praying and sometimes we pray and the opposite effect comes out, right? We pray for God to deal with somebody's heart and then it seems like nothing ever happens. And we feel wrong. We feel like, God, what are you doing? You're doing us wrong by that. No, God's not doing us wrong. God's doing something. Listen, God's always working under the, under the scenery. Nothing, sometimes there's times where things don't look very obvious what God's trying to do. Go, if you will, to Deuteronomy chapter number 2. Deuteronomy chapter number 2 for just a moment. Look down in Deuteronomy chapter 2, look down at verse 30. Notice what the Bible says to us, amen. The Bible says in verse 30, But Sihon, king of Heshbon, would not let us pass by him, for the Lord thy God did what? Hardened his spirit, and made his heart obstinate, that he might deliver him into thy hand, as appearest this day. God prevented them from going a certain way. You ever understand you make plans, don't we? Every day we make plans, don't we? We figure out what we're going to do. There's some days we just go with the flow, but there's times where we make our plans. And how many times does our plans not work? I mean, I plan to go here at this time and this place and all of this. I plan to go this route. And all of a sudden you get caught up in conversation. The time gets beyond you and you leave later. I wonder when we get to glory sometime, Miss Hilda. I wonder when we get to glory, we realize, well, if you would have left at the time you thought you would, you'd be in a car accident. If 
you went the time that you chose to do, might be right in the middle of a robbery. I went, I was delivering uh, these buttons for this button company at one time. And I went, and uh, I think it's in Illinois I was at, uh, one of these uh, big grocery stores, and I was replacing the, the rack of buttons and everything, and I, I come out, I had two of these uh, displays of buttons, and when I came out the door, honest to God, there was four or five officer cars shining, this was, this was towards the evening time, they were shining towards the store, and here I was, the only one coming out of that store. I had no idea there was anything ever going on in the store because inside the store, everything looked normal. There wasn't no other customers coming out at the time. It was just me with these two displays and those lights. And I mean, they were blinding lights. I saw officers with their car doors open, standing at attention. And I'm like, what in the middle? What did I get myself in the middle of? And I, to this day, really don't know, but somebody said there was a robbery last night, you know, when, the next day when I went on, did my servicing. Do you know there was a robbery over there? And I wonder if I was right in the middle when they were done doing that robbery. And, and listen, I went to my display truck, took my stuff. I'd already replaced everything, got the signatures, and I took off. But I wonder what happened after I left. I wonder if God got me out of that store Right in time. I know control over that. I didn't even know what was going on. You see, God is not only over uh, um, kings and God's not only over the weather, but God is over the heart of man. God's even over your heart. But you know what God wants? God wants you to surrender your heart to Him. God wants you to yield your life to Him. Amen. God wants to be everything to you. May I say there's God is over the weather. Amen. God is over kings. God is over the heart of individuals. Yours and mine. Amen. And then God is over everything taught in the book of Psalms. God's over the Psalm, uh, Proverbs. Amen. The Proverbs speaks of all actions and words. You see, God's over those. You may say them at your own will, but God guides those words. And sometimes when you try to guide them, you might say the wrong thing. Have you ever thought you ever put your foot in your mouth? You see, God wants to protect us from that. We got to submit to God. Amen. Then God's over the destiny of the wicked. Amen. But listen, they don't, they're not over God. God's over them. Then God's over the battles and how they come out. Well, listen, sometimes we don't know how things are going to happen. Things are going to go. But then I want you to know God's over the souls of men. Charles Spurgeon said this, and I'm getting ready to close. He said, I believe that every particle of dust that dances in the sunbeams does not move an atom more or less than God wishes or God allows. That every particle of spray that dashes against the steamboat has its orbit as well as the sun in the heavens and the chafe from the, heaven, uh, the hand of the windower is steered as the stars in their courses. The creeping of an aphod and the rosebud is fixed as much as the marsh of the devastating pestilence.
The leaves from the poplar is fully ordained as the tumbling of an avalanche. When Spurgeon was challenged that nothing is fatal, he said, what is fate? Whatever it is, it must be there's a difference between that which is providence, providence saying whatever God ordains must be, but the wisdom of God never ordains anything without a purpose. Everything that God does is directed. Do you understand that man is not directing God? God is directing man. Creation doesn't tell God what to do. God tells creation what to do. And today, God says to us, submit yourself to God. God wants to uh, rule in our lives God wants to bless our lives, and as we submit to Him, we experience God's working in our lives. I'd rather have God help me to think the right thoughts than me try to think my own thoughts, wouldn't you? I'd rather have God help me in the ways of doing things and me doing them God's way rather than me doing them my own way, because don't we have a world full of people who are doing it their own way, and they're all messing up? I want you to know God's a sovereign God, isn't he? God makes no mistake. Whatever's going on in your life and trying to, you know, we try to figure things out and try to understand things best we can. But what we have to do is go to God who is sovereign. Say, Lord, I don't understand it. But even in the midst that I don't understand it, God, I'm willing to submit and surrender to you. God, I want you to fully control and have absolute sway in my heart and in my life. Lord, I'm not going to get bitter at the weather because you control the weather. Lord, I'm not going to get bitter towards society because you conduct the way society is. By the way, you know, based on uh, uh, the preaching of the Antichrist, what we had on, on Friday, you know, it reminds us to this. Society is happening in a way that's promoting the end times from coming. And now we ought to be saying, even so, come Lord Jesus. We're ready for him to come. So I say to you this morning, submit and surrender and let God have his way. Would you do that this morning? Let's bow our heads together for prayer for just a moment. Let me ask you with heads bowed and eyes closed. And you say, preacher, I want to be thoroughly right with God. Preacher, my heart's desire is to accept everything around me as the perfect will of God. Lord, whatever is in my life that may not be right, I want God to help me back to Him. You say, Preacher, I'm willing to confess and acknowledge a sovereign God. Would you do that this morning by uplifted hand? God bless you. I'm willing to let God be sovereign and I'm willing to accept the things that he does. I'm not going to get bitter. I'm not going to get angry with God. I'm going to submit and I'm going to surrender. I wonder, is there anyone else? You say, preacher, that's me. Heavenly Father, Lord, you see our hands and dear God, you know our hearts. Oh Lord, come the day that we stop putting you in a box and trying to make you be God the way we want things to be. But Lord, we submit and we surrender to you. Lord, at this time of invitation, I pray, God, that you'd have your way in our 
our hearts and in our lives. May you do in our lives at this time of invitation what needs to be done. And I want to invite you to go to the Lord right now, this time of invitation, and take a moment to have a little talk with Him based on what you've heard today. Would you surrender all your situations, all your circumstances, submit and surrender your heart to Him? You say, preacher, there's been some things that I've had a hard time accepting. Would you submit and surrender even those things to Him and say, dear Lord, I accept them as your perfect will for me. Would you do that? I don't have a piano to play right now, but you lift your prayers up to God. We'll take a moment with the Lord, and then we'll be dismissed. May the Lord bless you.